Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What's up, RJ? Stats, the Dallas Cowboys are 2 and one The San Francisco 49ers are 2 and one You and I are the kings of the SB Nation NFL show. Kyle Posey rules along with us, of course, but Brandon Lee, God, and Pete Tweeney dwelling among the sellers. You just, I would say you hate to see it, but I really don't. Must suck to be one and two. <laughs> Two and one is not a bad place to be. I will fully admit that. If you are new to the show, here's what we do here. We take a deep dive into the four biggest games of the week or most interesting games of the week. And then we hit every other game except Monday night in a lightning round. So don't worry. You're going to get a preview of what you are going to see, not only tonight in Thursday night football, even though it stinks, and the rest of the day on Sunday. RJ. You're a little down today. You're usually one of the most positive people I know. By the end of this show, I'm going to get you smiling. That's my mission. I've already smiled, Seth. How could I not seeing your faux hawk? Um, you look so incredible. Do you refer to that haircut in that particular manner, by the way? Have you ever, like, is that is that the verbiage you choose? Yeah, when I go to the barber, I say, give me the faux hawk. Okay. Well, you look great. You look sharp. Um, you know, I, I wish you and I were in a position to maybe have a cocktail or two, you know, tell some war stories. Uh, you mentioned it's a deep dive. And so I've decided to uh, come up with a new, a new nickname for you that I'm excited to debut right here in this very moment. I'm worried. You are Scuba Stats. Because, scuba Stats, because we take deep dives. Yeah, you're Scuba Stats. Everybody knows about Scuba Steve uh, and Scuba Sam, Scuba Steve's father. Uh, but you are Scuba <laughs> Stats. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I hope you've got your gear. Um, I actually think maybe I'm somebody who's like, you know, wrong about this. But have, I'm, I imagine, Stats, you've gone on some sort of tropical vacation in your life. You ever put on um, the little thin flappy things? What are they called? The flippers? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> flippers. Um, it like I would I would not succeed at that like I when I put those on I I just like my feet float and my front dips under the water and so I'm I'm unable to like swim in any capacity what are you made out of styrofoam <laughs> um I think I'm made out of um at, at this particular moment in time 85 percent herbal tea um 10 percent diet coke and uh, 5% Whataburger. That's at least uh, <laughs> That's... What, what, it, what it feels like this, at this particular juncture. It turns out the Cowboys thrashing the Philadelphia Eagles requires a lot of content. And, you know, I just – I don't sleep anymore. But, uh, once again, the Dallas Cowboys thrashed the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to football. Have you seen BLG's Twitter, by the way? Yes, he had to change it. He, he lost a bet to you for the second straight week. BLG lost a bet. He had to change it to the Blog and the Boys logo. And, you know, he's deeply upset about it. Usually he talks to me during the week. It's been very quiet over there. Mm. Uh, sorry, BLG. That is rough. 
I do want to say last thing, stats, last tangent for me is you and BLG had a bet, as you just mentioned, and all you wanted to get from it was personal satisfaction. Me, company man, did something for the greater good here. So maybe you could learn a thing or two from me about humility and being a team player is all I'm trying to say. I definitely learned not to have your co-host sing because he sang and dogs were keeling over. It was it was not, it was more of a punishment for me than anything else, and I won the bet. So that's my bad. Uh, all right. I got my scuba gear on. I got my flippers. I got my snorkel here. Let's dive right into it. I think there are three really interesting games this week and a fourth, which everybody else seems to think is interesting, and I don't as much. So we're going to get into all of that. Again, please rate, review, subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. As always, we are brought to you by Scrote Insecticide. Don't just kill them. Scrote them. First up, RJ, Cardinals and Rams. The Rams are giving four points in this one. I'm super excited because I feel like this is such a great litmus test for the Cardinals, right? Like, they're flying high. Everybody thinks they're great. Their offense looks much improved. But this is kind of the first real test from them. Go in on the road against a division rival that's really good beat them and show everybody that you belong in the discussion for division champs in the NFC West. So I am equally excited. I am still hesitant to believe in the Cardinals. Obviously, I think we all believe in the Los Angeles Rams. I will say that the Rams are getting a little bit annoying, just a little bit. Um, (laughs) I saw a story from Jordan Rodriguez, who does a great job covering the Rams for the athletic uh, about Cooper Cup, who I love, who I know everybody cares. Uh, is on my fantasy team of record. I also have Matthew Stafford, so I'm enjoying that double dip quite frequently. Uh, but Cooper Cup apparently is inventing routes, you know, which I think is an overrated idea. Like, it, it, I feel like all receivers to a degree invent routes, but and he's calling some iteration of this the Ocho based on uh, the movie Dodgeball and ESPN8, the Ocho, which I obviously am particularly fond of. But, you know, I have an uh, understandable reason for that. And it's just like, just chill out. You know, like, we don't need these little fluff piece stories. You know what I mean? Just go keep winning. You know, like, to your point, yes, I want to see the, the Cardinals stack up against the Rams. But I just want to see the Rams. Like, we've seen this song and dance from them every single time they've had success. They play well, and then they, like, have the, like, media darling little stories. Stop it. Like, you know, that that well has dried up. Just play well. Just keep your head down because – if you want to be the team that we really elevate and talk about all the time, you need to win on a consistent basis and deep into the season. Yeah, the fluff pieces come before and when you make the Super Bowl. Well, they've already done that. So now they're trying to get back to that. We don't need those fluff pieces. And by the way, I know the route you're talking about with Cooper Cup. Here's the thing. He stole it from Christian McCaffrey, who did it earlier in the year. And I know that because Kyle, Posty, Kyle Posey posted the film of it on his Twitter feed uh, KP underscore show on Twitter if you want to go check that out. So you can't even, like, take credit for it, Cooper Cup, because you stole it from somebody else. Um, with the Rams, what do you do here? Do you put Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins? Because right now Christian Kirk seems to be the one blowing up for the Cardinals. I'm not afraid of Christian Kirk. Uh, and I, <laughs> I say that as a fighting Texas Aggie, huge fan. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're the Rams, you sell out to neutralize DeAndre Hopkins. Make Kyler Murray beat you somehow, some other way. If it's Christian, if, I, if I'm the Rams, if I'm Sean McVay and I lose because Christian Kirk beat me, I like, I'm fine with that. I can sleep at night. You know, I, I did my job. I didn't let DeAndre Hopkins, you know, go off. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the way to roll, in my humble opinion. Do you agree? You're wearing Cardinal Red today, by the way. Uh, Cardinal Red? Uh, think again, friend. This is 49ers Red. Okay, which I... guy, friend, pal. 
<laughs> I hate when people do that. It's like a number one pet peeve of mine. If you want me to instantly be pissed at you, give me a, a boss, a chief, anything like that, and I instantly just hate your guts. Um, so what would you do to DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> I would clearly put Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins. I just wanted to see if you'd fall into my trap. Um, Never. W- are you willing to say that the quarterback that wins this game will be the front runner for MVP? Because Stafford's been crushing it so far. Nine touchdowns and one pick. Kyler Murray has ten total touchdowns and four picks. So are you willing to say the winning quarterback is going to be the consensus favorite for MVP? I think that there's a world where maybe this is like a defensive heavy game for whatever reason. It's not like a shiny game for either quarterback and the Raiders beat the chargers on Monday night. I know we'll get there too. And then Derek Carr is the front runner. So I don't know that it's like an absolute, whoever wins this game is the front runner, but yeah, I mean, I think whoever, I think, I think that particular aspect of this, I think Matthew Stafford has more to gain because we, we talk so much about how the MVP is narrative driven, but it's also uh, like preconceived notion driven. Like people, people want Matthew Stafford to win the MVP. Like pe- people want to be able to say, "I called it. It made sense." Matt, you know, Sean McVay, et cetera, blah blah. And so, like, I think he, like, t- I think it's it's Kyler Murray shifting into the fifth gear to win MVP if they win this game. But I think it's the Nas boost on Matthew Stafford to win MVP if they win this game. That makes sense to me. And I was one of those people on the Stafford MVP train as soon as mm-hmm. the trade went down. So I'm I'm all fine with that. Anytime my priors can get confirmed, I'm cool with that. Do you think that the Cardinals have sort of an advantage here because they, you know, they're so familiar with the system. They've been playing McVay for years. They've been playing Shanahan, who runs the same system. Like, they should, if anybody can slow down the Rams, do you think it could be the Cardinals? No, because the Cardinals (laughs) blew their opportunity to make a statement against the Rams in Week 17 last year. I actually asked you about this earlier this week on Slack, Peek Behind the Curtain. We also talked about a number of different things, um, you know, both work and non-work related. Although, if you're listening, bosses, it was all work related on our company Slack. Uh, But um, the NFC West for this long time has had this relationship between the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks. One beats up on the other, the other beats up on the other. It's just like this never-ending cycle. The Cardinals haven't been a part of that. I mean, e- even the the lone successful season for the Cardinals in 2015, off the top of my head, I can't remember like a slugfest against an NFC West team in that particular season. I know they made it to the title game, but so they're they're there, but they're just kind of there. You know what I mean? And so I don't really view them in the same hierarchy as I do the other three NFC West teams because they've done it against each other. And if the Cardinals want to be in that hierarchy, they have to start doing that. And this is a good opportunity for, for them to begin that. The Rams are giving four points. Where are you coming down in this one? I'll take the Rams. I think I I need to see more from the Cardinals. I, st- I think it's a small sample size either way, and so I'm not trying to run away and say Matthew Stafford's amazing and, and the Cardinals are not. But the Cardinals also beat the Jaguars, and they kind of struggled to do that. You and I said last week, you want to be a big boy football team? Go down there and kick their ass, and they didn't do that. Uh, in fact, they really made an incredibly you know large coaching mistake, as everybody talked about with Cliff Kingsbury. So you want to be for real? Go do this, and then we'll start taking you for real on the look ahead, which is what really matters. I completely agree with you. Also, I want to point out the Rams offense has been so good that people haven't even noticed that that defense has dropped significantly. They are much closer to the middle of the pack this year than they were the leading defense in the NFL last year. But guess what? When your offense drops 30 points a game, nobody cares and it doesn't really matter. 
I'll take the Rams. I will give the points. Next up is another NFC West game, RJ. It's the Seahawks and the 49ers. 49ers are at home coming off that loss to Green Bay. San Francisco is giving three points. Both of these teams, actually, coming off losses. Jimmy Garoppolo has never, ever, ever lost two starts in a row with San Francisco. And Russell Wilson has never, ever, ever lost three starts in a row with the Seahawks. Something's got to give. You said the line is three? It is. Yeah, so San Francisco, you're the only person I know, by the way, who says uh, lines that way. You know, X is giving Y. I don't know anybody else who says it that way. So I just want you to know I find it special and delightful and that you're a great person. But uh, San Francisco has given a lot more than that because Kyle Shanahan insists on starting Jimmy Garoppolo. Who cares <laughs> if he has, you know, not ever lost two starts in a row, whatever. This is dumb, man. Like, I, I really hate this. Like, um, a long time ago, I worked in a, in a retail store. And the thing I hated the most, like the absolute most, was when we had to do inventory. You ever have to do this, like at, at a retail store or anything like that? Uh, I never worked in a retail store, so no. Okay, well, it's it, all it is is you basically count everything in the store and like measure it up against your records, make sure everything is is, is there, and you have to scan literally every single item in the store. So. You know, you're scanning everything. You're wondering whether or not you did. You're making a mess. And so it's just the worst possible day to work there. And every time I went into that, I always it always felt like I just have to get through this. Like, this is just a day where, like, this day is going to suck. And I just have to survive this day. And it'll be better tomorrow. That is what every 49ers game feels like. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, dude, like, it is. it sucks watching him. And I don't know. I truly don't. And I don't know if this audio is going up on Niners Nation. And so, I, I mean, don't come for me, Jimmy Stans, if it does. But, I mean, man, like, I just don't see it. I don't get it. It's it's sad. It's actually – and as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I am sad watching it. I'm sad for good football because good football's there. And I don't know if, if Trey Lance is ready or not because I know everybody's like, well, look at Justin Fields, blah, blah, whatever. Well, Matt Nagy also is heavily responsible for that. But even if Trey Lance is awful, at least you're building towards something. With Jimmy Garoppolo, you're just stuck and you're, you're, you're in purgatory. That's all it is. You're 100% right, RJ. Offense is not supposed to be this hard. Every time Jimmy Garoppolo drops back to pass and throws it, I worry about what's about to happen to us as 49ers fans. When Trey Lance is back there, I worry about what's about to happen to the defense because I think something good is going to happen when he lets go of the ball. I've seen enough of the Garoppolo movie. The Packers are not a good defense. They're not. They haven't been a good defense all season. And you know what happened? They clamped down on the 49ers. And I know that Jimmy threw the touchdown at the end of the game. I get that. But if you watched that game, every single throw is contested because they know they don't have to defend two-thirds of the field. They don't have to defend anything past 20 yards, and they don't have to defend anything outside the hash marks. That makes your whole offense harder. You can't run the ball because the safeties are flat-footed and they're coming up, and you can't throw the ball because they just load everybody in the middle of the field and everybody has to go up and make a contested catch or get make a catch and take a big hit from a linebacker or a safety. It's not supposed to be this hard, especially when you have a play caller like Kyle Shanahan. And for me, like I got to see it from Jimmy this week because the Seahawks defense is terrible. They're allowing 440 yards a game. They've allowed the most yards in the entire NFL. They've allowed the third most rush yards. Like the Seahawks defense is trash. If Jimmy cannot go out and light it up against one of the worst defenses in the league, like what are we doing? What are we afraid to lose? So I got to see it from Garoppolo this weekend. If he's not, you know, if he doesn't come out of the gate 
like gangbusters, which, by the way, the last two forced quarters, the 49ers have 39 total yards and one first down. So if he does that, get him out of there. There's no reason to wait. I feel for the Seahawks because we spent this whole time talking about the San Francisco side of things. And I also don't feel for the Seahawks because they're bad. They've blown leads <laughs> in the last two games, which is truly the Seahawk way. And man, if they lose this game and they fall to one and three, I mean, dude, it's, you know, I mean, I know you're not sad, but <laughs> I mean, like that's and, and their schedule. I, I wouldn't say it lightens up, but so let's no. say they're one, let's say they're one and three next week. They're at Pittsburgh and like across the country, whatever, but they'll win that game. So two and three. Then they get the Saints. I think I think they'll still win that game. I'm still iffy on New Orleans and then Jacksonville. So I think they and then they're on their bye. But after that, they go to Green Bay, then get Arizona. Like, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit touch and go, I think. If Seattle loses this game, then they're one and three. The 49ers are three and one. And the Cardinals or the Rams is going to be one of those teams is going to be undefeated. And the other one's going to be three and one. Like they're in a huge hole in the division. And like you said, Rams, Steelers, Saints coming up for Seattle. Like it's getting dicey fast there. And I just don't think it's fair to Russell Wilson to have to be Superman every single game. Like, nobody can keep up that pace. And I just feel like with this Seattle defense, which I lay at the feet of Pete Carroll, I don't care that Ken Norton is their defensive coordinator. This is Pete Carroll's defense, just like it's Kyle Shanahan's offense. Ever since the Legion of Boom kind of started to break up here, they've never replenished. They, you know, the defense is still hanging on because Bobby Wagner's friggin' amazing, you know? But other than that, like, Earl Thomas is gone. Camp Chancellor had to retire. Things ended very poorly with Richard Sherman, and they've never been able to restock it. And it's just, sorry, Russ, save us, save us, save us. And it's really save us in the fourth quarter because the first three, we're going to try and run the ball when we can't really do it. You know, um, so I, I paused because I, I was trying to think how I'm going to describe this in an audio medium. Uh, just now, Ben Baldwin does a great job covering the Seahawks, actually, for The Athletic and a bunch of other things. Uh, incredible statistical mind. I uh, tweeted out a graph of um, a measurement of Pro Football Focus's big time throw and turnover worthy play rate. Um, I don't know if you're looking at this right now and I'm describing it to you stats, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I has- know exactly what it says. Well, he no big time throws and the most turnover worthy throws. He does not have the most turnover worthy throws, but the only quarterbacks above him, Zach, Zach Wilson looks like he's slightly above him. Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence. But Lamar Jackson is on the high end of big time throw percentage. So he's Lamar Jackson's taking a lot of risks and succeeding. Jimmy Garoppolo is not taking any risks. He, he actually has the lowest percentage of big time throw percent. So he actually is the the, the, lead, the most risk averse quarterback in the NFL. And also, amazingly, also has one of the highest turnover worthy play percentage rates in the NFL. Those things are diametrically opposite. Like, I don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo could. I'm actually impressed you know, like <laughs> that, that, that he could pull that off. It really is amazing. That's the frustrating thing, right? Because you're getting none of the potential upside and all the downside of somebody who's still putting the ball in harm's way. So what are people worried about starting a rookie quarterback for? He's he's probably going to put the ball in harm's way too, right? But at least you have the potential for big time spectacular plays with Trey Lance. With even Jimmy, if you don't sorry, even if you don't have the potential, you're you're building towards something. You know what I'm saying? Like you're 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 working towards a future. Like there's an investment there. It's you're, you're a little, even if he is bad, you're a little kid 
putting the $5 bills in your piggy bank. And someday that's going to pay dividends. With Jimmy, you're just flushing it down the toilet. Well, and this is the frustrating thing, too. Go back and look at that game, right? Anytime they needed something, they went to Trey Lance. They're down 17-0 in the second quarter. They've had six plays inside the red zone. They can't score a touchdown. There's two seconds left in the half. What do they do? They bring in Trey Lance, and he runs it in for a touchdown. And that changed the whole momentum of the game, right? They're down 24-14 to with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're in the red zone again. What do they do? They bring in Trey Lance, and not only do they bring in Lance, they let him throw. They run a play-action bootleg. He throws the ball. It draws a pass interference penalty, puts the Niners at the one-yard line. They run it in for a touchdown. And they may have gone back to Trey Lance at the end of the game, too. Don't forget, Kyle uh, Jimmy Garoppolo throws that touchdown to Kyle Juszczyk on first down. And Kyle Shanahan said after the game they basically ran a play that they didn't think was going to score. Juice was the last read in the progression, and he catches the ball, and he breaks two tackles and scores a touchdown. So if he doesn't score on that play, they may bring in Lance again. And if you're bringing in your rookie quarterback in the red zone, which is the most important part of the field, why can't you bring in your rookie quarterback for the less important parts of the field? The the whole plan is backwards. It doesn't make any sense, and I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um... I'm gonna take the Seahawks. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, Steph. Me too. But, I, but this is this is a game where like it breaks. You know what I'm saying? And it already kind of broke. I mean, like the 49ers are two and one. Like let's and and I know that that's probably what you've heard all week. Like, well, you you just want to be negative. Like this team's two and one. They lost to the team that's won 13 games. They lost to Aaron Rodgers. No, they lost because they're idiots. But uh, <laughs> they're they're gonna lose this game, a division game. It's at home in Frisco. Yes. Yep. And so. It, this is a bit of a, of a of a humbling sort of loss, and it will suck because the Rams will be four and zero, and they'll be the division rival, and the 49ers will fall behind them. So I'm sorry. I still love you, but I, I hate Kyle Shanahan. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson historically kicked the tar out of the 49ers, and 49er fans don't like me to bring it up. It's just the truth. Those are the facts, and they are not in dispute. And I'm getting points if I take Seattle in this game. I have to do that. I'm sorry. Until the 49ers prove it, I need to see it. All right, let's take a break, RJ. We've still got a couple more deep dives to go and our lightning round when we come back. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Continuing our deep dive here on The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. Next up, Ravens at the Broncos. The Broncos are giving a point to the Baltimore Ravens. The Broncos, who have played the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets, are giving points to somebody else, RJ. What the hell is going on? 
BLG and I were talking about NFL logos on uh, on Wednesday, and I didn't say this to him, but I actually love the Broncos logo. Okay, I think the Broncos logo is great. I think their colors are awesome. I love their stadium. They have one of the best, not nighttime environments, but like when the sun is setting environments. Like I just love a lot of stuff about the Broncos. And so the romantic in me wants to buy in, right? Three and oh, cool. Teddy, you know, it's a fun story. You know what I mean? I'm it's like a it's like a sitcom that doesn't really have a quality story, but it makes me laugh and it makes me smile, you know, on on random Wednesday nights when, you know, I'm sitting back relaxing on the recliner. It's not legit, though. I mean, the the Ravens are like Breaking Bad. Like, there's a lot going on there, but it's an intense story. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> hooked. I'm riveted. And so I just – it is astounding to me. that. I, and I will say that the, the Ravens played down to their competition last week, so maybe you combine to that. But, I mean, they know how to pull this off. We've talked before about, like, teams that have been there have done that, know how to survive and thrive, and the Ravens certainly know how to do that. You could argue that maybe you got a little bit lucky, you know, with the Justin Tucker kick, but it is Justin Tucker, so there's obviously a lot of skill involved there. I mean, the Broncos are about to come back down to earth, and I, I guarantee you there will be sports fans across the world like, man, what happened to the Broncos? They were 3-0. They were defeated. <laughs> you didn't listen to the look ahead. That's what happened. Yeah, we've predicted this weeks ago because Denver's upcoming schedule, Baltimore this week, at Pittsburgh, which is going to be an I love incredibly the way you say Baltimore, by the way. I love it. Baltimore. Baltimore. That's how I say it. You sound it's not like Baltimore. Like if they were the old Colts, like Coltimore. Like that's what it sounds like to me. All right. They played the Ravens this week. Then they go to Pittsburgh. Tough defense there. Then they play the Raiders. Then they're at Cleveland. Guess what? Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be starting by the end of that stretch because they think that they have another quarterback in Denver, and I know he's getting all the love, but they have played three cupcakes, and Teddy has four touchdowns, and they have played garbage teams in the NFL. Like, Teddy ain't a guy. He's a backup quarterback, and nobody wants to say it because he's a super nice guy, and he had a horrific injury. He's not that good, okay? He's a backup quarterback, and by the time they get to this stretch, I agree. People are going to be like, Denver's really falling apart here. No, they just weren't that good to begin with. Agreed. And, you know, they're 3-0, and but they struggled to beat the Giants a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like it, it took a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know who else struggled to beat the Giants? The Falcons. <laughs> so, like, I, that's it's it's been a nice story i do actually think stats because if you look at their schedule i think they can win eight to nine games all right so they're three and oh they're gonna lose this week and maybe next week so that's three and two then the raiders it's three and three three and four against the browns washington i think they get back to 500 they'll lose to dallas philly is kind of a coin flip and then they get out of the bye the chargers chiefs they lose but then the lions the Bengals, and then they've got the raiders chargers and chiefs to finish it i I think they can win most of their non-divisional games, but it would not stun me if they went 0-6 in the AFC West. Yeah, I totally agree with that. They're not winning in the division. Um, they're going to have to if they're going to have any shot of anything, but I just I don't think they're the, I don't think that offense is that good as long as Teddy is there. The only thing that scares me in this specific game, Lamar Jackson did miss practice yesterday with the back. And back injuries do not tend to improve as the season goes along. That's been a thing since the the flip against the Chiefs. I mean, like, man, dude, like, I don't want to put this into the universe, but like, imagine it's like mid March and we get a story, or it's not mid March, it's Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Sunday, 
and Adam Schefter is doing his hit and dropping all his like big juicy storylines. And he's like, you know, the reason the Baltimore Ravens kind of struggled and withered down the stretch was Lamar Jackson had a back injury that he right. sustained during his flip celebration against the Chiefs in week two. You know what I mean? Like, and it bothered him all season long. Every Ravens fan would lose their minds, especially as he's, you know, looking for that new contract. It's, you know, back injuries are dicey, and I could totally see that kind of a thing. There was all these little, like, stories that come out. Tom Brady's knee last year was an issue all season. I hope that's not the case. I love Lamar, and I love the way he plays, but with the, with his style of play, a back injury is like a death knell. Okay. You don't even, you don't even know what a knell is, do you? I don't. That's why yeah. I was kind of, you know— you know, flabbergasted. I'm not even going to tell anybody. You go look it up. Uh, last game, we're going to take a deep dive on, and this is my big gripe of the week because we're going to talk. Panthers. Uh, no, mm. you may have heard Tom Brady is going to play in New England on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's been the reaction from from everybody. Generally, is like, oh my God, Tom Brady's coming back to like. What do you think he's going to do? Okay, we're talking about this reigning Super Bowl champions. Coming back to play a team in New England that's clearly rebuilding. They're starting a rookie quarterback. They're getting seven points at home in this game. Like, the Buccaneers are going to kill him. Like, what do you think is going to happen? You think that Bill Belichick is just going to start a fist fight with Tom Brady at the 50-yard line? Like, no. I think people want the Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan handshake moment. The by the way, 49ers head coaches have just such like terrible manners when it comes to handshakes <laughs> post game. Um, but um, yeah, people want that, dude. Like, I also think people kind of want slash expect. I know you refuse to love the beautiful game that is soccer stats, but on uh, on Wednesday, in fact, during the live show we did at Blocking the Boys, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, had a goal in the 95th minute. There was five minutes of stoppage time, so literally the last possible minute to win the match for Manchester United. It was incredible. And this is more of a soccer thing, but, like, he runs off after this, like, match-winning goal, rips his shirt off, and so he's Ronaldo. He's, like, the most ripped dude in the whole world and just, like, throws it up in the air, and it's kind of, like, sprinkling. So you have this, like, Goliath gladiator-looking, you know, photo where he's just, like, in this, like, like flexed-out moment and, like, the rain is coming down and everybody's, like, freaking out or whatever. Um, I don't know if you were a How I Met Your Mother fan. Did you ever watch that show? No. Well, then I won't make the reference, but it would have it would have killed if you had just so you know, but like, um, they, they want that. They want this like Brady. They want Brady to like run and like Eli Manning double finger like the crap. You know what I mean? Like, great. You're going to flex because you beat a crappy Patriot team. Like, really? That's what I mean. Like what? I don't understand. If Brady wins, he's supposed to win. If Brady loses, it, it looks really, really bad on him, but it doesn't settle the whole like who was more responsible for the Patriots dynasty. Like, that's not how this works. I, I just don't understand what people are expecting. The Patriots offense, they scored 16 against Miami, 25 against the Jets, and 13 against the Saints. Like, they're trash. And they're going up against this Bucks defense. Like, yeah, Tom Brady's probably going to win. Like, I just, I don't get this whole buildup of like, yeah, Tom Brady's going back to New England. He's not playing the Patriots team from like 10 years ago. You don't get it because you didn't say it right. It's like, Tommy boy's coming back. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, you know, and I mean, look, I agree with you. It's dumb. But I honestly think there's something that hasn't been made a big enough deal about this game. 
and it's that Tom Brady is going to become the NFL's all-time leading passer. Like that, that seemed impossible to me once upon a time because he, he, I mean, this feels like forever ago, but like once upon a time, there was a world for the kids out there where he was this highly successful quarterback that didn't have these like statistical accolades. That was, that was Peyton Manning. Like Peyton had the stats, Tom Brady had the rings and that was the world we lived in. And so now, I mean, he is going to become the NFL's all-time leading passer. And actually, kudos to the NFL schedule makers because they picked this game and put it in this <laughs> slot and, like, banked on that happening. I, I think he needs 68 yards. And so, like, I bet, you know, like, week one against the Cowboys, they're like, hey, Tom, chill out. You know, <laughs> like, you know, right. sa- save it, dude. Don't, don't do this in the loss to the Rams in week three. Like, save it for Sunday Night Football. So that's really cool. Like, and like, I don't mean to like, you know, fawn over Tom Brady as if that hasn't been done enough. I love Tom Brady. I mean, he's the goat. Like, I'm not trying to say I don't believe that, but he is going to he is going to literally be the most successful quarterback and player in the history of the NFL from any angle that you examine his career from, from a statistical measurement, from a win loss measurement, from a longevity measurement. And like that is unreal because you don't necessarily have that. Like, I don't mean to like trigger you, but like. If if somebody believes that there's a wide receiver better than Jerry Rice, the argument becomes like, look at number Super Bowl. Like, think about the Julian Edelman as a Hall of Famer argument. You know what I mean? People are like, look at Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Like, Brady has every check at every box, and he will have that on Sunday night. It is kind of cool that he will do it against the Patriots. It is cool that he will do it while beating every single team in the NFL. Not a lot of people have done that. So, like, that's cool. But, yeah, the, like, feud is ridiculous. And now the Richard Sherman angle to this is, like, that's just, like, it, the the low-hanging fruit of this is what's annoying. It's like, yes. wow, he told him to ice up. Are you mad, bro? You know, nine years ago. Who cares? Like, this is – it's starting to feel to me like the – the Warriors, not I know everybody like loves to make Warriors comps, but it's like like when David West joined the Warriors. That's, that's all Richard Sherman's doing at this point. Like I don't think it's fair to say he's ring chasing. He's won a Super Bowl before. He's been to multiple Super Bowls, but like this is clearly a hey, I like this. I'll come along for this ride because Richard Sherman. There's off the field things that obviously are are not football related, but I, and I don't mean to. Uh, you know say anything about his time with san francisco but he's not a good cornerback no like like the idea that like wow like i had some i had a friend of mine so not a football-minded person text me and say this is getting ridiculous that the bucks now have richard sherman who cares like you know he's he's just a a veteran cornerback at this point honestly Right, and that's what people, like, I think it's a sign of desperation by the Bucks that they're secondary, they've been depleted by injuries, they know they need help, and th- there's a reason Richard Sherman was available at this point in the season, and it wasn't just because he had that incident in July. The 49ers could have re-signed him, and they were like, mm, no, we're good, and the 49ers corners stink, so that should tell you all you need to know. There is one interesting thing I saw about this game that I want to get into. Bill Belichick said, that the Buccaneers are basically running the Patriots offense, which that goes against the whole narrative last year, like, oh, Brady really struggled with Bruce Arians' system, and he didn't really get it till halfway through the year. Well, Bill Belichick is saying he never got Bruce Arians' system, and they didn't really succeed until they started running the same things that New England runs. And Belichick doesn't say anything by accident. He wanted people to know that Tom's not running a new system, that they're still doing the same stuff we did. Belichick wanted that out there. That's what's interesting about it to me. I got to be honest with you, like I was when you told me this. I don't find that interesting. (laughs) I I mean, I'm I'm interested based off of your level of interest, if that makes sense. Right. But this this game is just, I mean, 
I don't know, man. I I mean, it's it's gonna be. I love Chris Collinsworth, honestly. I know like a lot of people don't feel that way, but man, Chris Collinsworth's gonna be on one in this game. And like <laughs> and, and it, like this is gonna be the like do like low hanging fruit, mega low hanging fruit game. Like he's gonna do the slide in. You know, like ev- everyone's gonna bleed this game dry for content. Um and it, it will it will probably be entertaining at the very least. And so I'm I'm excited for that, but I'm also grateful that it will be over very soon. Yes, I'm I'm not here for this. I think it's going to be a blowout. I'll take the bucks. I'll give the points. I'll feel really, really good about it. All right, RJ, we have reached that point in the program. You know what it's time for now. Time to leave. No, man, the lightning round. Oh. The lightning round. First up, let's start on Thursday night football tonight. And I wish I could tell you we had a really good game, but I don't want to lie. Jacksonville and Cincinnati, a matchup of number one draft pick quarterbacks. I've had a really busy week talking all about how the Dallas Cowboys destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles. So I haven't had a chance to watch this week's episode of Survivor yet. I might put it on in the background while this game is on. Might put the game <laughs> on my iPad. You know, it just might be that you know relegated in that particular capacity. I think the Bengals win, and I think the Bengals start to get the Broncos treatment. Like, whoa, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, watch out. They're three and one. Wow, it's really happening in Cincinnati. Nah, it ain't. It's just the Jags. Cincinnati is favored by seven and a half points in this one. The Jaguars look bad at every single possible level. Next up, I got to give you your props, RJ. Washington at Atlanta. Atlanta is getting a point, and the Washington defense is hideously bad, and I was a thousand percent wrong on this. They do not have any depth behind that great defensive line, and they stink. RJ. 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 Come on, Sats. RJ. See, I told you I'd get you smiling. Um, Yeah, to be fair, I didn't think they would be, like, awful. I thought they would regress to the mean. And I I think that that is still happening, like that stabilization. You know, they will reach equilibrium, so to speak. They won't be this bad all season long. I think they'll beat Atlanta, to be honest. Atlanta is terrible, as evidenced (laughs) by the fact that Philadelphia destroyed them. As evident, but, like, that – Think about how bad the Giants are. <laughs> like that they, they lost to that team. And so I think that Washington is competent enough to beat them. And so they'll get back to five hundred. But yeah, man, it do you know that Washington has by strength of schedule the thirty first most difficult or thirty first easiest schedule. So the second hardest schedule left in the NFL at this particular point in time. Um, which is not good. Do you know who has the most difficult schedule in the NFL remaining by strength of no, schedule? No, I do not. The New York football giants. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So, so, uh, yeah. And so this is the Washington will win this game. I would love it if they didn't obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Taylor Heineke is Ryan Fitzpatrick and that was never going to be enough with, with an act like, Y- y'all had a point that it might have been enough with last year's defense, but that was just never going to stick. And so uh, I hate to say it, but I was totally right. I'm a genius. I'm awesome. Victory lap for RJ, a great genius slash human. Next up, Houston going to Buffalo. The Bills are giving 16 points, and frankly, I'm not sure it's enough. I actually think that Houston will cover in this game. I took Cleveland to uh, to cover their spread against them two weeks ago. I think it was 13 and a half. Uh, Baker Mayfield complicated that by trying to tackle an interceptor, which you know <laughs> I blame him for. Uh, but Buffalo's back, dude. Uh, and you know what, Buffalo? Go kick the crap out of them because that's yep. what you've been doing. We want to keep seeing that. And don't look past this game, Buffalo, to Kansas City. Just keep your head down. You'll get there when you get there. And we're excited to watch you in week five. 
get up two to three scores, get your main starters out of the game, and get on to next week. That's your goal if you are the Bills. Detroit goes to Chicago. The Bears are giving three. If the Bears do anything but start Justin Fields in this game, they get what they deserve, RJ. I think the Bears are going to lose this game. I, I think so, because the Bears have quit. I've, I've, I'm ready to say that. I told, I told you about this stats, and I'm going to introduce it now. Uh, about you, you called it a Mendoza line. It's a great reference, obviously. Um, I am. I want to establish this line where I, where we decide teams are going to finish with a worse record than the Houston Texans. Okay, that's our, <laughs> that's our Mendoza line. Because I, I think the Texans are are cute you know i think the texans are going to win a couple i think they're going to win four games or such you know like they're, they're going to be kind of a top five pick but not the number one overall pick like everyone thought and so like as an example i'm ready to put the giants and the jets below the houston texans mendoza line i might be ready to put the bears there um I, and you said it on the oddcast i 100 agree with you so this is a lot of love happening here matt nagy absolutely tanked justin fields on purpose to prove a point like to, to be like, I told y'all, you <laughs> idiots, you know, like he's not ready. Trust me. I know what you don't. I'm seeing this at practice and they have quit or maybe haven't quit, but they are so broken from a philosophical perspective. Whereas the Lions, I know that they have a lot of issues, but man, I, I say this. I've said this for years. If you can get 53 players to believe that the sky is orange, then the sky is orange. And Dan Campbell is doing that. I'm not saying the Lions are going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon or anything like that, but that culture, that football culture specifically, is really strong, and I think that that wins out this week. The Lions are not a cupcake by any stretch of the imagination, and the Bears, I mean, after last week, it certainly looks like that's how they are headed. Uh, Carolina and Dallas. Cowboys hosting. They are giving four points. I'm sorry, I do not believe in the Carolina Panthers. They have played the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. I still think Sam Darnold is a pumpkin. The Cowboys' offense looks like it is absolutely humming right now. All of a sudden, the defense showed up a little bit, too. Your boy Trayvon Diggs wins, what, do you win Defensive Player of the Month? On the NFC side of things, yeah. No there you go. The AFC, right? I want Dallas to come out and put it on the Panthers to confirm my priors, baby. Confirm the priors. Um, these are the remaining – this is the Cowboys' remaining schedule by quarterbacks this season, stats, and I'll fly through this quickly. Um, Sam Darnold, I want you to go win or loss, please. Win. Okay. Daniel Jones. Win. Mac Jones. Win. Kirk Cousins. That's a coin flip. Loss. I'm going to say it's a coin yeah, flip. Yeah, coin flip. Teddy Bridgewater. Win. Matt Ryan. Win. Patrick Mahomes. It's a loss. Right? Loss. Derek Carr, maybe a coin flip, maybe maybe a split car. Yeah, presence, that's right? a good game. That's Thanksgiving. Jameis Winston, win. And then to finish the season, Taylor Heineke, win. Daniel Jones, oh my God, win. So you're saying the Cowboys defense <laughs> is going to look a lot better? Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. So I again, not to say like I told everybody so, but like I said. So the, the teams the Cowboys will have played once we reach their bye in three weeks will have been the Buccaneers and the Chargers, two admittedly great teams, and then the Eagles, and then the Panthers, the Giants, and the Patriots. And I said, we're going to be saying, this is a top 10 team. Dan Quinn's doing it. Wow, the, all the effects are taking hold. And I do believe that, and I think it's true. But I, I do think it's somewhat inflated by the low-quality competition. And again, they're going to play low-quality quarterbacks over the course of this season. And a lot goes into games, 
But I think the Cowboys are going to win 11-ish games this season, if you know, barring any unforeseen, you know, ridiculous circumstances. And I think that that trend continues this week against the Panthers. You know, and I thought that going into last week, but obviously Christian McCaffrey's hurt. Now J.C. Horn is hurt. So all the advantages are working in favor of the Cowboys. I think they win and they win easily. I give you credit for admitting that as a Cowboy fan, but even if those guys weren't hurt for the Panthers, I still don't think that they're good enough to beat the Cowboys or good at all, frankly. So there you go. Go Dallas. Yay. Next up, Indianapolis at Miami. This is the least interesting game of the week to me. The Dolphins are favored by two points. Jacoby Brissett is there in Miami. Like Revenge I game. I don't care about these teams at all. Like Neither one of them is going anywhere. And I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. Even if you had to, I don't think you're going anywhere. Like to me, this is just like this is the one game of the week I could ignore. I actually 100% agree with you. I think you can always discern that from the perspective of is there a, a player I would start in fantasy in this game? And there's not, right? Like there's there's no there's nobody in this game you're starting except maybe one of their defenses if you hate the other one more. Um, I think the Dolphins win. The Colts are one of the biggest disasters in the NFL. And at a certain point, we have to start talking about Frank Reich because we're blaming it on a lot of other things. But Frank Reich was heavily involved in all this, too. Quarterback plans are obviously a massive part of your success. And I know the Colts got dealt a curveball because they had the they had the star of stars and Andrew Luck and he up and left. And that totally caught them off guard. It's three years but ago now. Exactly. You know, that I mean, did you- not happen last week. Like you'd only get to ride that train for so long. The honeymoon's over now. And you chose to go with Carson Wentz, who sprained every ankle he has two weeks into the season. You get what you, you paid deserve. to do it. You paid. Right. You didn't just like pick him. You paid to do it. And you you get what you deserve at that point. Sorry, Andy. By the way, I'll take Miami just because I think that, I mean, you, Carson Wentz is terrible. He's terrible. He plays football like he doesn't like his body and he wants it to get hurt. He plays football to me. I don't play video games that are like like Fortnite or Call of Duty, like I'm, you know, because I'm terrible at them. But like when I've played them before with my friends, and it's like where we dropping or whatever, like those types of things. Like all I do is like run into the chaos. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like I'm, I'm the first one to like lose or whatever. And like that's who Carson Wentz is. You know what I'm saying? He just like let's go, and then just like totally loses. He's the Leroy Jenkins of NFL quarterbacks. And if you get that reference, then you think I'm a genius. And if you don't, because it's super old, then you think I'm a moron. Leroy Jenkins! Let's move on. Cleveland at Minnesota. Minnesota is getting two points. The Vikings surprised me last week, RJ. I thought their season was going to be swirling down the toilet. They had every reason to just pack it in. You know, they're playing against Russell Wilson, a really good quarterback. And they came out, and they hung tough, and Kirk Cousins picked them apart, and they get the win. And if you're Cleveland, you have to win this game. If you want to be one of the elite teams in the AFC, what makes you elite is that you win your coin flip games. And I think this is a coin flip game for the Browns, so I'm actually really interested to see who wins this one. I'm going to take the Vikings. I don't think you should have been surprised by Minnesota last week because their two losses are really, really kind of not even coin flip things. They shouldn't have had them. They, the we, the weird Dalvin Cook ruling in week one that led to the Bengals win, and then they got in position to beat the Cardinals. And, you know, that you know speaks to their offense and their defense, obviously. Uh, special teams just lost it for them. And so I think that that's why I'm, I'm nervous about the Cowboys facing them, you know, because I think they're better – than their record implies. I think that like now is the time to get in on Minnesota as a playoff team, wherever you, you know, if you, if you partake in those sorts of things, because I think people haven't necessarily 
become hip to that. So I think Minnesota wins, and I I do think that there is this like reaction on Monday, like wow, they beat the Browns, BLG's number one team in his power rankings. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're a good team, and Cleveland might not be ready for the moment. I mean, I I know that people don't love Kirk Cousins, but he is really efficient, and in these types of games, in coin flip games, I like efficient. I like not predictable, but I like closer to the norm as opposed to like erratic, which is what we've seen from Baker Mayfield sometimes. It's the Kevin Stefanski revenge game. Mm, That's true. Good for you. (laughs) Next up, the Giants go to New Orleans. The Saints are favored (laughs) by seven and a half. Look, this is a game the Saints should win, but as long as they're quarterbacked by Jameis Winston, they have the potential to lose every single week. I'm still not a believer in Jameis. I don't. I just don't believe that all of a sudden, magically now, he's going to be a guy that protects the football when his whole career he's done the exact opposite. Do you see that touchdown last week where he's falling down in the red zone? He can't even see anything over the line of scrimmage. He just chucks it up in the back of the end zone, and through the luck of the football gods one of his players comes down with it like that's who Jameis is he hasn't changed he's tricking you I agree with you I mean it was the YOLO of YOLO ball yes um but I mean there's still he could throw 10 of those in one drive and beat the Giants dude the giant (laughs) the Giants are terrible the Giants are so bad the Giants are so bad it is offensive to the idea of professional sports. Wow. To the idea to the idea of like corporate life, like professional work. You know what I'm saying? Like this the fact that like people are paid to yield the product that they do within their like realm of workspace is sad and depressing. It's also incredibly joyful for me. Uh, <laughs> but the the thing that is honestly hilarious about this is I'm sure you saw this. Joe Judge was asked about, you know, the incorporation of analytics on Wednesday and he said <laughs> Football's not played on Excel sheets. If it were, Bill Gates would be doing doing well. I think Bill Gates is doing all right for himself, Joe Judge, you know? And I saw this tweeted a billion times, but Bill Gates has as many wins this NFL season as Joe Judge does. This is a team built on the idea that you and I love to hate on together, which is why I love you, that we are an NFL blue blood. We do things the right way. We have a great culture. The New York Giant, the New York football Giants way. Blah, 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 blah. Losers. Losers of losers. King of the losers, the New York Giants. <laughs> so you're telling me you're taking the Saints and you're giving the points? I will take the Saints and I'll give you 14 and a half points. That. Wow. Okay. Next up, Tennessee and the Jets, the other New York team. The Jets are getting seven points. Forget the seven points. Will the Jets even score seven points, RJ? Because I'm looking at their offense. I mean, they are hideously, hideously bad right now. They suck. I mean, they are the crown prince of losers, where the New York Giants are the supreme (laughs) ruler kings. Uh, But, I mean, Julio Jones and Adrian Brown might not play. I would have loved to have been in Mike Vrabel's office when he was like, man, like, you think we can beat the Jets without Julio and AJ? And then, like, whoever (laughs) was just, like, bursted out laughing was like, coach, we got this, man. Give them the rest. Let them get right. The Jets and Giants are tied for the most losses in the NFL since the beginning of the 2017 season. They keep that tie going this week. Could the Titans win if they just handed the ball to Derrick Henry every time? 100%. 1,000%. <laughs> Kansas City goes to Philadelphia. The Chiefs are giving seven points in this game. And I'm sorry. I got a vibe from Kansas City last week like, hey, we are too cool for school. 
They are just sloppy. All right, Go Jay, off, that, King. Go off. That pass that Patrick Mahomes throws in the middle of the field, this no-look pass for no reason. Go the, off. Who is he looking off? The, the guy is wide open in the middle of the field. He throws a no-look pass that's accurate, that's not accurate, and it goes off the receiver's hands and gets intercepted on a great play by Asante Samuel Jr. Like, I'm sorry, man. This is why it's so hard to keep climbing that mountain if you're the Chiefs because eventually you start to drink your own Kool-Aid and you just get sloppy you think you're gonna win by just going out there and showing up and that is not the case and i don't like the vibes coming from the chiefs blg and i said this on the nfc's mixtape which you can listen to every wednesday on both the block of the boys and bleeding green nation podcast networks um that if that was anybody else they would have gotten destroyed they would have gotten roasted they would have gotten raked over the coals like how dare you the arrogance the stupidity but because it's patrick mahomes it's like well he was trying to do something special no he was he was buying his own hype. He was leaning into the narrative that's like, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm impervious. I'm infallible. I can do whatever I want. Patrick Mahomes has not been good this season. And it's okay to say that. Like, that doesn't mean he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. He has not been good. There's a strong argument to make that they should be 0-3. And I think they'll beat the Eagles. But I tell you what, I could totally see them because I think it bothers them. I really do. This isn't a joke or sarcasm. I think it bothers them that other teams in the AFC are getting love and that the national talk and radio shows and, of course, the look ahead are saying, watch out for the Bills, watch out for the Browns, watch out for the Ravens. And they're like, how dare you even think that somebody else could beat us? And I totally believe that they're looking ahead to that Bills game next week on Sunday Night Football because they're saying that's our chance to show the world that we're the supreme threat in the AFC, blah, blah. And people love to throw out, you know, the term trap game. I could totally see this. And I could totally see Nick Sirianni being humbled after the Dallas Cowboys whipped his ass on Monday Night Football (laughs) and, you know, getting to work. And this is, you know, look, Andy Reid was a great coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he's and I hope he's well. And I think I speak for you as well. Um, But he's going for his hundredth win with the Chiefs. If you're the Eagles, it would be pretty sweet to deny him that they have never beaten him as the Chiefs head coach. And so I could totally see the Eagles being in this game and like it would pain me to see this, but the Eagles winning this game and then the Chiefs just being like, we're one in three. What happened? What happened is you got arrogant. You got cocky and it's catching up to you. Forget being the one of the top teams in the AFC. They're not the top team in their own division right now. The first time they had a chance to play a real threat in their division, they lost. So, like, Kansas City, you better get it together. By the way, props to Andy Reid. When he wins his next game, he'll be the first coach in the history of the NFL to win 100 games for two different franchises. Uh, I will take the Chiefs in this game. I will give the points. But you're right. Like, if the Eagles won, I wouldn't be stunned because the Chiefs – just I don't like it, man. The sloppiness. They gotta they gotta come out and show the world that they they recognize what last week was and they're going to get right. Last thing on this game, I'm hopeful and I know I speak for you as well here that Josh Gordon is getting what he needs as a person. But you mentioned vibes, bad vibes from the Chiefs. Like they, you mentioned the, that it felt desperate of the Buccaneers to sign Richard Sherman. This feels like a reach of all reaches. I mean, like, this isn't the issue for you, Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need another playmaker on offense. Your defense is terrible. You should have been the team to sign Richard Sherman. You know what I mean? Like, this just feels like like just trying to cover it up. You know, like, whatever. Like, let's just do something, anything. Just, just do something to do something. Like, that's what this feels like to me, and I just – bad vibes. Josh Gordon hasn't been good in eight years. Oh, and I, I know, know he's, he's since, had since some Since Richard issues. Sherman told Tom Brady, you mad, bro, is when right. Josh Gordon like, was good. 
And I, I, like you said, I will hope he's getting the help he needs off the field and he's straightened up his life. And I know he's had some issues that probably have affected his play on the field. But the simple matter is he hasn't been good in almost a decade. And he's proven to be one of the least reliable players since, you know, in those eight years. You can't really depend on him. And I'm sorry, I agree. That reeks of desperation for Kansas City. Last game, Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Packers coming off that huge win. The Steelers look hideously bad. I think T.J. Watt, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be back for this game, which is massive because the only chance Pittsburgh has is if Watt plays and they can slow down that Packers offense. Where are you going on this game? The Packers are giving six and a half points. It pains me to say this, but the Green Bay Packers are about to go on an incredible run, and it's going to be so annoying. And everyone's <laughs> going to talk about how Aaron Rodgers is right and did it his way. Stats, this is their their schedule for the next I don't know, however long. It's depressing. Uh, the next five games, Pittsburgh win. So they're now three and one, right? At Cincinnati, four and one. At Chicago, Matt Nagy is going to, you know, make that the easiest one of all time. So that's already, <laughs> uh, five and one. Washington, six and one. At Arizona, a little tough, but they're going to get to five and one easily. I think you agree with that. And they are going to have their way with the Steelers because at the end of the day, Ben Roethlisberger can't even come close to a, the same level of offensive output that Aaron Rodgers is going to put up. This is something else, not to brag about me again, I was totally right about, as were a lot of people, just because Pittsburgh brought the whole gang back did not mean a thing. In fact, it was a huge sign of desperation in its own right because that's what you do. You're like, well, I think so many teams try to do this stats. I, I used to say this for years, that the Cowboys tried to build their roster to go back to the moment where Des caught it at Lambeau Field. And you can't do that. You just, you can't. Like, you have to climb the mountain all over again. And Pittsburgh tried to go back to the moment that their season broke last year with the way they built their team this offseason. We'll just draft Najee Harris. Like, we'll just be able to run the ball. Dude, you got, you got to do a billion other things besides run the football. And so, Pittsburgh is a disaster that is unfolding before our very eyes. They should be 0-3 if Buffalo hadn't th- basically thrown that game to them in week one. I do not like anything about the Steelers right now. They don't look aggressive. They don't look physical on offense, I mean. They don't look aggressive. They don't look physical. These are not the Steelers that I remember seeing. And part of having a franchise quarterback, and I said this earlier this week, is knowing when to get rid of said franchise quarterback, when it's over, when you got to move on. But that's not what the Steelers are about, right? They've only had four head coaches or whatever it is and their whole career. Like the Steelers are known for keeping people, and I think they like that. I think they they like that narrative about them that they don't panic and this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it bit them big time this season because not only do they have nothing with Ben, they have Dwayne Haskins is behind Ben. Like there's nothing there at the quarterback spot, and I'm sorry. What we've seen week after week is it's just not good enough. They are – uh, in a way more successful way, the New York Giants of the AFC, right? Like in the, like, the, we do things the right way, the Pittsburgh way, the Berg, the terrible towels, you know, Primanti brothers and our sandwiches, you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> it, like they, and it's it's actually appropriate because of the uh, familial tie between the, the two ownership groups here, uh, the Rooney's and the Maris. Uh, shout out to Rooney Mara. I've never seen the girl with the dragon tattoo. I don't know if you have stats, but, um, know. you know, that's who they are and they will go down with the ship and then next year they'll induct Ben into the ring of honor there and it will be this big old thing and just like the Giants did on Sunday they'll have six points on the board and they'll lose and you know there's a bit of uh you know teams like this I don't want to say have gotten lucky but like 
this is this is where you actually have to be an elite team and an elite front office. You have to find a new answer. You can't just stumble into a new thing and ride it out for 17 years. You have to do some work, and the Giants and the Steelers are not capable of that. Who are you taking in the game? I'm taking the Packers, dude. And again, I hate it, but uh, this is a rare. This doesn't happen all too often. Double yellow pants game. So, ooh, that's true. Good call by you. I like when the Packers wear the all whites. Those Stupid. are pretty sweet. Worst thing you've ever said in your life. What? Don't ever say that again. Done. What's wrong with the all whites? It's better than the all yellows. No, the yellow pants are iconic for them. You can't take them away. Like th- they have to wear the yellow pants. It looks stupid when they don't. I mean, so you taking that away makes them look unnatural. I don't like that in any way, shape, or form. You don't like fun. That's all. That's your problem. That's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. Again, if you haven't done it so already, please subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. You get our long-form shows. You get our daily updates in the morning. They can catch you up on everything happening in the league and the time it takes you to drink your morning cup of coffee. If you like what you hear, please take the time to do it. It really helps us get discovered by more people so we can do more cool things. That is the best thing you can do for us if you like the shows that you hear. Stats, I love you. You're a great person. You're a great friend. I wish you health, wealth, happiness, and success in life. Wow. (laughs) You too. Same to all the listeners, unless you're Eagles fans. Then I I wish you all those things like in terms of life, but I wish you sports misery. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Enjoy your week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.